Thanks for downloading the podcast. I have been promising I would do this for around a year. I finally got round to it, found some great guys to do it with me, and I hope you're going to enjoy it. I do have to make a quick apology because the sound quality isn't the best. However, the content is excellent, but I guess that's what happens when you buy software uh, that you don't understand and use it for the first time. Next time, it will be better, I hope. Anyway, let's get into it. Welcome to the Paul the Brit podcast. Thank you very much for downloading it. Thank you very much for finding it on our website. And thank you very much for joining us. This is the first series of the podcast, Expat Chit Chat. And as a result, I am joined by several expats that are based here in Germany. David Juarez, he's an actor from New York. New York, the writer of Oh God, My Wife is German. Uh, and we call him OGM for short. Whereabouts are you from, OGM? I'm from Portland, Oregon. James Johnson, he's the writer behind Deutschified.com. So we are all expats from vastly different backgrounds. Uh, I couldn't be more excited to have these guys here. And we do all share one thing in common, and that is that we all live in Germany. I'm from Wiesbaden near Frankfurt. James, whereabouts are you? I'm in Cologne. OGM? I'm here in Hanover. And David? And I'm in Friedberg. So this series is going to be all about our experiences as expats, what we've discovered along the way, the fun and games that we've had and encountered. Um, and I think it's right that we probably start uh, with a little bit of an introduction. So James, why don't you tell us, like, why are you here in Germany? Because it's not a British person's first choice of country. No, it's not. Well, uh, I met my girlfriend when we did the Jacob's Weg, where you hike across the north of Spain from the border of France down to Santiago. And we, we were together for about a year or so. And then I originally wanted my girlfriend to move to England and she wanted me to move to Germany. So we compromised and I live here in Cologne now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, this, this sounds about right as well. OGM, you've got a similar tale, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, my my wife was um, visiting the States a lot, like every couple of years. So we were just friends for a few years. And then uh, um, the stars just kind of aligned and we became involved. And then she was just finishing up her master's degree. So uh, uh, she was a teacher. She's a teacher here in Germany. And so that's a way better job here than in the States. It made just a lot more sense. And uh, yeah. So you came here and you're now married. I'm here and I'm married. James, you've just got a girlfriend, haven't you? Yeah, just a girlfriend. Okay, and David, you're married as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, married to my my husband. Also similar situation. I was, you know, we met in the States and we had been doing Skype for a while, for about a year, and then finally I just, you know, we compromised and I came over. <laughs> so it just it just made sense for me at the time. So <laughs> so it does seem that the the compromise for German um, German partners so far is that you end up moving to Germany. For me as well, it's all my wife's fault. We initially moved to Amsterdam um, with her work, and then her work moved us here to Germany. So I ended up swapping Amsterdam uh, for Frankfurt. Um, but it did work out for the best because I had to get out of Amsterdam. It was it was going to kill me. Graham's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when you moved here, you obviously all came to to be with your girlfriends and um, wives and husbands and things. Was that was that a problem? Like leaving family behind, or does it did it not really bother anybody? 
I was excited. Um, like I said, it made sense to me. I kept a very close, small number of family members, you know, in my reality. And I just met a wonderful, amazing person. So for me, it, it made sense on all emotional levels and so you didn't give a crap about your family you just thought no i'm going (laughs) (laughs) no i did i did of course but you know um also i just one of the best decisions that i made personally um and i was so i was yet 30 at the time and it was just the right time okay and uh, for everybody has it worked out okay for me it's worked out really well has it worked out okay making that decision to come to germany I'm only five months in, so so far so good. So you're the newest, I think, because David, you've been here a couple of years. OGM, how long have you been here? Four and a half. Probably the best decision I've made, apart from marrying my wife in the first place. Ah, you're a soppy one, aren't you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> you just know she's going to be listening. <laughs> I found that uh, yeah, I've had no real issues with leaving England behind. And uh, James, you wrote a cool blog on uh, deutschified.com about kind of the things that you miss when things get a bit tough and a bit difficult. And I have had that, but I've also found that I've made enough kind of friends here. I, I think I it's... played for a local rugby team down here, Ian Cole, and it must have taken a good three or four months for it to be like, oh, should we go for a beer after training? Should we all sit down to do this? Should we all sit down to do that? And I found that they are kind of tight-knit. Once you get into a circle, like now, they're all really, really good friends. The same with the friends of my girlfriend. They all become very good friends very quickly. Uh, Once you get to know them, not very quickly, but they become very good friends after that period of time. But getting through that thing, especially when you're learning the language and you're trying to do everything, you can feel kind of like the foreigner sat in the group, I guess. They're not the best at making you feel welcome all the time. But then that's also on you because you feel a bit kind of out of place because you're the British person or the American person sat in that group so i think i think it's a two-way street but once you get to know people you can get very stuck in that's quite good so david um why does everybody hate you in germany (laughs) 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 whoa no um i don't think actually you know i had a separate experience i think um i've been very lucky i've met some really wonderful german folk um a lot of friends of my husband's my now husband of course a lot of people that i've worked with and um I actually have more German friends here than my American and British expat friends. So, OGM, you've got by far the yep. largest following um, of any of us on your social media, something like 100,000 likes. So you don't have any real friends um, here in Germany. <laughs> you, exactly. You've just got lots of Facebook well, friends. No one knows who he is. <laughs> That's true. If anybody's wondering why we keep calling him OGM, it's because he writes the... Well, you tell us the story. Why are we calling you OGM? Oh, I just, I started this, uh, I'm the blog, Oh God, My Wife is German, back, um, actually, when my w- wife was my, she, we were engaged, and then, then we got married, and so I, the point is, I asked her, permis- her, her permission, and one of the conditions was that it remained anonymous, and that's <clears throat> pretty, a pretty German thing, they're, they're kind of wary of all things technological and privacy intrusive, that's you know true. what I mean, and, uh, it's not just that I would have kept it anonymous as well to protect her period. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it was my, my project, my thing. And uh, that's why, and yeah, you're right. I, I think on Twitter, I have a hundred thousand followers and on Facebook, there are a hundred thousand and then like miscellaneous. So it's like, it's like 200,000, which sounds really impressive, but I think the important thing for any, any blogger is like the level of engagement. Like you were talking about the percentage of your, uh, listeners, Paul, who actually engage with what you're doing and give you feedback. Like you can, 
I think you could have like a thousand really effective followers or listeners, which would be more effective or, or be better than, you know, 500,000 read, uh, blog readers, for example, you know what I mean? It just depends where they came from, how they got there and how dedicated they are and interested in what you're doing. So, so, so you actually, you don't have any real friends and also your internet friends, your fake friends don't interact with you either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> sounds, okay. sounds pretty, pretty lonely. <laughs> When you first arrived here, then, um, what did you first like cotton onto? What did you first notice um, about being here in Germany? Yeah. I went back to the '90s a little bit. <laughs> All of the music is England in the 1980s. They stopped at like 1989 and just didn't have any new music after that. They just went, "Nope, we're done. We've got English radio. We'll stick with it now. That's fine. We'll go. Let's have some Rick Astley." <laughs> exactly. Um, I was I was actually thinking more of fashion. Um, just kind of the tapered jeans with the tucked in dress shirt with the belt and. No, I I think I can uh, appreciate that as well. OGM. What I first noticed uh, was how tall everyone was here, or specifically, <laughs> but also the women. And uh, I looked it up on like Wikipedia. I looked at different surveys, and it's all like saying no, no, the national average height was just a, a tiny bit taller in, in Germany than in the States. And that is just not the case. Like I'm 5'10", right? I'm not tall. Uh, but when I'm in the States, I, I'm usually like standing in grocery lines and I'm about even with everybody. It's pretty average. You know, I can see over the top of most of the ladies' heads. But here, as my wife puts it, the, a lot of men are like lighthouse tall, freaking yeah, like Vikings. Yeah, and I, I've well, asked the doctor about that here. I was like, "What is the deal?" And he, first of all, no one believes me, and they all go to the same surveys to see, find the information on height, and it doesn't back up. It doesn't support what I'm saying. But uh, he was like, "Maybe it has to do with nutrition or something." And I was like, "Maybe it's lack of sun. Maybe they're reaching out like." <laughs> But if that were the case, then like the Inuits up north who get no sun would be super tall. So I don't understand it, but I feel very short. So when you came to Germany, um, those are the things you noticed. Did you live anywhere else or do you all live in the towns that you arrived in? Cologne's a lot better. Well, I think it's really cool because it's, uh, for me, like I come from Manchester in England and it's kind of like the, the carbon copy of Manchester, but in Germany. It's an absolute... So. <laughs> yeah, I like that it's kind of, yeah, mostly. It's, it's an awful place, but it's filled with art and lovely people and coffee houses, and there's not many Southern Englishmen. <laughs> and it's, uh, I just, I don't, I really like cities that are the underdog. Like, I love Berlin because it has this torrid, awful, weird kind of past that has just been beaten to death over the years. And I find Cologne the same thing. Like it all got decimated in the war and then they've all rebuilt from it. It's kind of got that beautiful feel. I'm getting all artistic and soppy now, but it kind of has that beautiful kind of tapestry where it's just, it's trying to fight its way out in its own way. And while it's not a beautiful city, I just think it's a, a incredible place to live. So it's like, it's a polished turd. <laughs> Yeah, to, 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 to say the least. Yeah, I mean, if you ever dip your finger in the rind, you'll see what a turd looks like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we can put that on the, the welcome sign to Cologne. Cologne, a polished turd. Beautiful. Well, I haven't been. I thought it looked cool. I think like I've only seen the cathedral. That's all I know of Cologne. But I'd like to visit. Is it? Uh, is it not super pretty? I guess. 
it's like compared to if you were to go to Italy or to Spain or to places in France, it's not the prettiest city, but to like walk through the different quarters and if you kind of like graffiti and hipstery kind of stuff, it's a really nice place to walk around. And it's one of the greenest cities I've ever been to. So like round the corner from where I live is the start of the Stadtwald, which is like 10 miles worth of forest and park that just starts there. So it's cool to kind of go from one extreme to the other in the same city. Cool. David, uh, tell us about Frankfurt. I know um, Friedberg, but more people yeah i mean i'm only i'm only about 25 minutes outside of frankfurt so i also experience both worlds you know you've got this big kind of now overdeveloped baustella kind of city frankfurt you know they're really developing it more and more and you've got skyscrapers and things and then i'm out in the country near friedberg which was an old army base it's not too bad i found frankfurt is just it's so big and so gray and so fast and i I never really it never really won me over same with me (laughs) there's a lot of nightlife i mean people you know especially the expat community i think they've really found um you know there's a lot of more english speaking comedy hours comedy shows open mics uh amateur theater do you get involved with much of that i did in the beginning and it's jumping, man. It's really taken off. They love it. Brits, Americans, that's where the um, where the new opera house is. OGM, how's Hanover? It's interesting. A lot of people say it's super ugly, and I don't know which... They must be going to, like, the Steintor or, the, like, uh, some of the outlying so, sort of Soviet block-looking apartment complex districts. I don't know, because it's actually beautiful especially the the Neues Rathaus around there and the old the old stadt that wasn't bombed all the hell um it it feels like a big little city which is the same way i would describe portland oregon is it is the old stadt still genuine because i find that a lot of these places you go to the old stadt and then when you actually look deeper and read the signs it was like authentically rebuilt in 1970 yeah exactly <laughs> it's not they they took what existing old half-timbered houses and huddled them together and kind of around the old church because Hanover got it pretty bad in the war. But uh, yeah, because in Frankfurt, if you ever go to the main square in Frankfurt, the whole thing's been completely rebuilt and you go around and you're like, oh, wow, look, it's like a bit of history. And it was like built in 1960. There's no history. <laughs> I, a, a side anecdote, when I lived in LA, I got taken to the oldest house in Brentwood, California and what you got the, the woman I was living with drove me around round the UCLA campus all the way to this old little white church and we got out and went up and had a look and she was like is that oh do you know how old it was I was like no idea it was built in 1909 I was like my house in England was built in 1870 yeah. <laughs> my back garden is older than that church yeah. <laughs> It's so, there's old and there's old, man. We, we Americans think we know old and we have no idea. It's definitely uh, some um, old cities here. They're piling on the old, you know, in the 1970s. What was the most complicated thing about moving to Germany? If somebody's listening to this and they're, they're, they're coming to Germany soon, what caused you the biggest headaches? Um, wow, this is one of those I've been very lucky stories, so I can't even relate. But I have to say that filling out the paperwork for the Ausländeramt was probably one of the most stressful, um, meticulous, you know, diligent things that that I've done. Okay, OGM, did, did you have something similar? Because I know coming from America is different to what me and James would have experienced for sure. I, you know, I, 
had my wife with me the whole time. It was pretty easy. Although, like David was saying, it was it was very stressful at the Auslander Behörde or the immigration department because it's it's just so intimidating. But no, for me it was pretty easy because I was already married to a German citizen. And were you married before you came, David? No, no. We um, I got married in 2014, so I was here in, at the end of 2011. So I came. I had gotten my visa through the theater. I was under contract. Um, ah. But I still had to do all that, like, legwork. Um, yeah. But, again, I was lucky. You know, my, my partner's German, and also my Auslander amt in my area you know, doesn't have 500 people a day that they have to get yeah. through. You know, I was, like, person number four, and there were, like, ten people waiting, and that was it. Generally, I've been very lucky, so. And, James, you, you, you can tell them how easy it is to complete the paperwork to move here. <laughs> Literally, like, in Salford, I, pit, pit, I got a Ford Transit van, put all my stuff there, drove here, signed a piece of paper for my Anne Meldung, and that was it. Yep, same here. That was my whole moving <laughs> process was, oh, you're in the EU, brilliant. Why don't you just come here and do stuff? Oh, like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, of and they initially when I arrived they paid my uh, my health insurance whilst I was looking for um, work as well when I first got here so God bless Germany and uh, and the European Union it's a shame we're leaving but uh, we'll save that for another episode of the podcast <laughs> next week we are going to be talking about uh, the things that we noticed when we first arrived here in Germany the things that surprised us the quirks the things that we love and things that we hate um, about living here in Germany I will say that uh, for the most part it is all good so be sure to subscribe to the podcast and download the episode next week but for now say goodbye everybody yeah bye